everyone, and welcome to the Screen Strong Families podcast, bringing you the best solutions for parents who are serious about eliminating screen problems in their home. This is Melanie Hempy, and I want to welcome everyone. I am glad that you are here today. If you are one of our regular listeners, welcome back. And if you are a new friend, we are so glad you found us. You are no longer all alone with your screen questions. You have finally found your people. Welcome, Dr. Stacy. Dr. Stacy is with us today as well. Hey, Melanie. Thanks for having me back. So glad you're here. I'm so glad that you've um, been able to partner with us on so many things, and we're just having so much fun. Like, I'm just so enjoying talking to Dr. Stacy. Just every week, I guess we have all these long conversations, and we're like, oh, we need to do a podcast about that or one about this. And so today we are um, discussing a wonderful topic. But before we get started, I just want to mention that one mom told me this week, this is her quote, it is so refreshing that you are not trying to give popular opinions and make us all feel good. (laughs) She said, you are just trying to help people with life-changing facts. And I just so appreciated that because she's right. And what you'll learn if you're new about Dr. Stacy and I and The way we're going to talk about this issue even today is that we're just going to give you the facts and we're going to give you the parent experience that you may not have that we seem to have a lot of between the two of us. And um, we're not going to sugarcoat it. It is what it is. So we kind of have the screen thing figured out and we're going to give you some really good tips today. One of the secrets of the screen strong lifestyle is that it pays off. It really pays off. Now we are not anti-screen. So if you're new, just know that we're not an anti-screen organization. We choose to remove screens that will hurt our kids. That's what we're after. We're trying to help parents figure out the type of screen activities that are going to be toxic for their kids, cause obsessions and dependencies and addictions and distractions and keep them from being the best kids that they can be with a potential that they all have and just how to open the doors for their full potential to develop. So I just have to tell you, you know, our life is so different now that we started down the screen strong lifestyle pathway. We have so much more fun with our kids. We have so much less stress. And I really seriously mean this from the bottom of my heart. I am not just telling you something that I think you want to hear. This is really, really true. We have so much more fun. And one thing that we see as a really big deal in our family now is the importance of teaching our kids life skills. And I just have to tell you something that happened last night. Um, our kids are super involved in sports and their music and, you know, school and homework and they love homework by the way they really do love homework i never really liked homework that much growing up but they seem to really like it but last night they came home from cross country it was kind of late we had a little bit of a later dinner and it was starting to get, to get dark and one of the boys said oh gotta go out in the back and i'm like where are you going he said well i'm gonna be gone tomorrow night so i gotta go weed the garden <laughs> so he um got a speaker and I know this is so hard to believe. Like I'm, I just kind of can't even believe I'm even telling the, the story because like with my oldest, he's so sweet too, but he never would have said, oh, I got to go weed the garden and can you put the floodlights on because it's getting dark because that's what happened. It's so hard to believe. He went outside and um, he put a speaker on and he just had to get this done because it really was his job and it was really overgrown and he knew he was going to be gone tonight. And I love that all of these years that I've been teaching them these life skills and how to manage their time. One of the things that I've taught them is the value of what I call a focused 15. And it is teaching your kids the amazing things that they can do in 15 minutes when they really focus. What a gift that is. And they learn this and they're not just learning it, but it's becoming a part of their life. So he said, mom, in 15 minutes, I can get it done. And it was sort of like a little competition. And so he did. And it looks beautiful today. I got up this morning. I'm like, oh, I'm so happy he did that because now I don't have to do it. And we have a big weekend coming up and it was just really, really fun. So you can learn in 15 minutes if you focus to clean, to practice something, 
to read, to do your push-ups. It's just amazing what you can get done. And Dr. Stacy, I know you know the value of that too, because you're like one of the busiest people that I know. Um, but this, the benefits that come, right? And just yes. focused time. Yes. And so these are just some of the benefits that you get when you go spring strong, you have your kids out at dark pulling weeds. <laughs> Uh, if y'all know him, one of my kids here, I won't go. Well, I can tell you it was Evan. I can go ahead and tell you it was Evan because y'all know them a little bit from the podcast. But, you know, don't tease them too much about it because I want them to keep doing it. <laughs> well, we have a similar story because it was like a Saturday afternoon, one of the few where we didn't have anything to do. And I hadn't seen my oldest in a while. She's 16. It'd been a couple hours and you know, I thought she was reading in her room. Yeah. I'm going to find out she was reorganizing her entire closet because she came downstairs. She said, I need to get command hooks. I need to get, you know, certain sort of organizational items. And so, you know, because she doesn't have access to, you know, screen that wastes her time, she was spending time doing something that's a good life skill, learning how to organize, how to kind of get rid of things you're not using anymore. So I think that's one of the things that we don't talk about enough is that, you know, when you don't have that temptation, I'm sure we can see it in ourselves too. You know, you're yeah. spending, you know, before you know it, an hour's gone or two hours are gone and you don't really have anything to show for it. So, um, which kind of leads to what we're talking about today, right? Which is the dangers of multitasking and how to stay focused. How to stay focused. And I just want to say it again, super out loud, that this is one of the biggest benefits of being screen strong. Even if you believe that you have your screens all locked down and your kids are not going to ever do anything necessarily bad, for lack of other word, um, but it is the amount of time that it takes them away from other activities and it is the distraction. And the problem with screens is that it, for everyone across the board, it is the most distracting part of our life. And it does steal the focus that we need to have on other areas. And especially when you are a teenager, if you don't learn this early enough, early, I mean, early, if you don't learn it now when you're, you know, when your kids are little, then it is so much harder to learn later. And this inability to focus, as you know, will end up being a big problem for them all through their high school experience. So it's not cute and funny. It is very, very serious. So today we are going to dive in here to this topic of multitasking. This is a topic that everyone thinks that they know enough about. So please hang on because we're going to tell you some things that you never knew about multitasking. And everyone thinks they're really good at multitasking. It's this weird thing that, you know, and I know if you're a parent out there and moms, especially we know, not that dads don't, but moms are especially known for their ability to multitask, right? We can you know, do the dishes and be on the phone and know what's going on and do all these things at one time. But multitasking is not about just doing multiple activities at the same time. It's about the cognitive activities that you're doing. So Dr. Stacy is going to dive in and give us a definition and give us some stats around all that. But right before we do, I, I want to just tell you something, Dr. Stacy. I haven't told you this. Something that I remember that I did back in, I don't know, it's been a long time ago, but I remember it. It just burned in my brain. I was at a conference. It was a medical conference and we were talking about multitasking. The speaker got up and they said, okay, everybody uh, get your pen and a piece of paper. And they had us write down, I don't know if you've ever done this before. We had to write down um, the numbers one to 26. So we just wrote them down on a piece of paper. And then we had to write down the next thing we had to do was write down um, the alphabet. So we did that. And I think we timed ourselves. And then the third thing he said, okay, now what I want you to do is write the number one and then A, and then the number two and then B. And oh my gosh, that took a lot longer. And he said, that's called multitasking because your brain is having to switch between all these things, which we know that multitasking is not really doing something at the same time. It is switching between two activities. And then how much faster you could write one to 26, you know, versus when you had to write it in between the letters, it took a lot longer. So why don't you start with that and explain what multitasking is? Sure. So when we think of multitasking, a lot of times, just because of 
the last, you know, 20 years, we've heard that it's a good thing that you should be able to multitask. But um, just as a basic sort of definition or so everyone understands what we're talking about. So multitasking is focusing on more than one assignment at a time or repeatedly switching back and forth between two or more activities. Or you could also think of it as performing a um, number of unrelated tasks Hmm. and rapid succession. So that's multitasking. So it's sort of switching back and forth from one thing to another. So if you think of the typical um, teenager, right, they are watching TV while listening to popular music, while responding to text messages, while doing homework all at the same time. Right. And so that is just too much for the brain. And so we'll talk about some studies that have been done that show that that's actually damaging. Right. For the brain. So that's in a nutshell what multitasking is. Um, And when when all this technology stuff first started, you know, 15 years ago or so, um, or maybe even longer, it was a Um, considered to be a positive thing, you should be able to multitask, right? So you should be able to, well, if you think about the pandemic and how we were all in our homes, you should be able to monitor kids while they're doing homeschool and also be able to work on our computer and also be able to make sure that we've got food going for dinner, you know, all these different things at once. And what we're finding is doing that sort of thing, a lot of things at once is actually harmful for us. Yeah. And boy, did that hit us hard, you know, during the pandemic, we had to start doing that. I think a lot of people just kind of got so frustrated and it is frustrating. And so if you can only imagine for your child whose cognitive load is so heavy when they're trying to do more than one thing at a time, it makes them very stressed. You know, we got stressed, right? Because we're trying to manage everything all at once. It's just, and it's just so not healthy for them. So when we talk about teenagers, though, why do teenagers especially? I think parents that come on, we kind of know where our limits are. And we know we're not doing a very good job if we're trying to do five things at a time. But, you know, sometimes you don't need to do a good job on those things. You're just trying to get through the motions of some stuff if it's just mindless work. But teenagers really do think that they are better at multitasking. They think they can do it. Why is it that they think that they can do it? Well, I mean, I think there's a number of reasons. You know, I mean, I think a lot of it's cultural. So if you think about the way they're required to learn in school, most schools now they have a computer in front of them. They have um, really full classrooms with lots of kids. They've got a screen in front of the the room. They've got music playing in the background. I don't know how many people listening had a classroom when they were a kid that played music during class. We didn't unless it was music class, but now that's a common thing. Um, They're allowed to have earbuds in in a lot of schools, so they're listening to music. So they're just sort of used to that, and they feel like that's how they learn the best they haven't given themselves the chance to really create a focus-friendly environment and see how much better they can focus um, when they do try to do one thing at a time. And so just to introduce a term, there's a term called chunking, time chunking, and um, that is doing one thing at a time and for an extended period of time. For example, that could be saying, I'm going to study only my math, not get on the computer, not do anything else for 30 minutes or whatever time time frame. Or if it's an adult, you could say I'm going to work only on this one project for my entire day today, right? Or for a week or whatever it is. Um, And research has shown that time chunking actually makes you much more productive. So that's sort of the opposite of multitasking, right? So what we're seeing is that actually helps you to be more productive. So time chunking is when you are just doing one thing, like Evan doing the weeds last night. He went out there, he focused, he did it, got it done. It it went so fast. And I I think this is so brilliant. So I just want to stay on this just for a second that you brought this up because you said you were more productive. You're I totally get that. I totally yeah, get that. Yeah, I you know I do time chunking in my own life. So I have specific times of the week or days of the week or half days of the week where I focus only on a specific thing. So you know I I do patient care on certain days. I do patient follow up and charting and things on certain days and certain times. I do volunteer work certain days at certain times. You know I have you know, days devoted just to my um, work with Screen Strong. So I have found that doing that in my personal life is 
or for me as an adult is super helpful. And so I've been doing that for quite a while and I've found that it helps you to focus better. You're more productive. And then you're just happier and you're less right. stressed. And right. then you, if, especially of course with, with adults, we know this true, but especially with teenagers, when, when you can feel like you got something done, you feel so much better about yourself. And I have patients say to me all the time, you know, I do treat a lot of people with ADHD. So that's, you know, that's something we could talk about, but I'm just speaking in general terms. I have a lot of patients that say, Oh, Dr. Stacey, I just can't get anything done. Like I have this long to do list and I can't, can't get it all done. And what I say to every patient is you need to look at your list at the beginning of the day and decide what's the one thing on that list. That's the most important. And that's what you need to get done today. And so that's time chunking. That's deciding, okay, there's this one thing and there's probably other things in that list that also need to get done today, but let's start with the one most important thing. Um, and so that can translate into parenting or work or volunteerism or whatever it is that you do, just sort of finding time to focus on one particular thing. Well, in this topic today of multitasking is so important because of course the opposite is learning to focus. And when we were talking about our, our teenagers, we know that they that this depression and the the lack of being productive is very damaging for teens. They need to feel productive. And this is what kills me when parents, you know, that I know, I'm in a lot of parent groups and a lot of parents, and they when the minute their child starts to get anxious or stressed or depressed, they start taking things out of their life. I'm like, no keep making them help you with dinner, help, you know, keep giving them things to do to make them feel good about themselves. But I think that they've been so multitask to death that they don't know how to feel good about getting one thing done. And how many times, Dr. Stacey, do you hear, because I hear it all the time, that it takes four hours for, you know, my teenager to do their homework. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. If they just focused on it, it would not take them that long. But Teenagers have a really hard time with focus and we need to help them learn how to feel good about focusing, how to practically focus, because it's, it's part of development that doesn't naturally come easy. I will tell you, as you know, to Dr. Tracy, that sitting down to do homework is very lonely. It is not necessarily fun. Your brain is constantly wanting to get distracted because you kind of want to avoid the thing that you don't want to do. And that's the kick because then technology comes in and you've got, like you said, I want to get back to this. You said you have the, the TV probably on in the house. In fact, most families do have the TV on in the background all the time. The kids have their earbuds in where they have one in, right? So they can kind of hear the parent talking, but they still have one earbud in. So they're listening to their Spotify or whatever it is they're listening. Then they have their phone in their other hand while they're multitasking on their phone. So it's multitasking within multitasking because, yeah, they might be getting a text, but then they're they're you're writing a social media post and they're getting notifications and all this stuff. So you got that going on. Plus they're sitting in front of their computer trying to do their homework. Right. Right. And I wanted to take a step back um, and just expand on something you said just a minute ago. So this summer I taught um, a biology course, a high school advanced biology course. And of course it was hard because it was a whole year of biology in the summer. Right. Um, But I had a parent say to me, you know, it's taking my daughter seven hours to do her homework. And I said, okay, let me talk to her. And so I talked to the student and asked her, you know, about her environment and sort of what she was doing. And it really wasn't taking her seven hours. It was probably taking her about an hour and a half. She was on her computer and she was also on her phone and she was also listening to music at the same time. And so we worked on having a focus friendly environment. And then the next week she came in, she was like, Dr. Stacey only took me two hours. I know to complete that assignment. And I was like, exactly. So if you can do that, and of course she wasn't sitting there for two hours, right? In the same spot. She was doing 30 minutes, get up, go for a walk, come down 30 minutes. Yes. So if you can just do that, um, but really taking that device out of their hands that has that temptation for them is going to be 
it's just going to help them be more successful. And like you said, happier because this student, you know, originally was having a hard time. And yeah. then as the semester went on, we worked on study habits and we worked on focus. And by the end of the semester, she did great. And so um, I think it's important to remember that's making our kids happier by making life more simple for them. And it's keeping them out of your office, right? right? Because parents feel like, oh my gosh, they're in a spiral, they're getting unhappy. And really you just figure out they're not accomplishing anything in their life. And that's part of you say all the time, you, you know, you work with your patients, you start with this screen kind of fast and it really solves a lot of problems initially, you know, not that there aren't other things, but it really does take care of a lot. So let's jump over real quick. I, I know we have a whole lot more tips and we will get to all of those. Let's talk about the statistics or just some of the research on this. I love talking to you about this and I know you've got some different things in front of you, some articles that you pulled. So go through some of those. Right. So there's a number of different articles and, you know, people have studied this for a while. Um, so I'll just give sort of some highlights. John Medina wrote a book, Brain Rules, back in 2008, and he did some studies and reported that multitaskers take 50% longer to accomplish a single task, but also make 50% more errors. So I thought that was important to kind of talk to your kids about, okay, are you making careless errors? taken you a long time, then let's look at your process and kind of what you're doing. Um, so I thought that that was interesting. Another study I thought was interesting was that um, talking about people who get busy doing two or more things at a time don't notice things right in front of them. So they're not like more aware of their environment, which I think is important in the classroom to make sure that kids are aware of their environment and know what's going on or listening to the teacher. But they did this where they, um, they went to a busy college campus and they had somebody dress up like a really silly clown and ride a unicycle around like on <laughs> campus. And then they asked the kids after they'd walked past the clown, did you see the clown? And 25% said yes. So 75% of the students did not even notice it. So like, how crazy is that? That there's like this silly thing, super distracting thing going on in front of you. Um, but because you're so busy on your phone and listening to music that you're not even noticing what's going on around you. So I thought that was worth mentioning to show kind of what it does to the brain. And then there was a University of London research study that showed that multitasking affects the brain like smoking marijuana or as if you hadn't had an entire night of sleep. So they found that participants who multitasked dropped as many as 15 IQ points and their average fell to the range of an eight-year-old. Wow. So uh, multitasking actually makes you less smart when you're doing it, which, you know, yeah. I'm sure we've heard kids say that like, this is too hard or I can't finish this or I can't believe my teachers ask me to do something so hard. And really, you know, the majority of teachers know what's age appropriate for their students. So they're not asking kids to do something that's too hard. The kids' brains just aren't working at full capacity. Um, and I'm sure we're not letting our kids smoke a joint while they're doing their homework. So yeah. let's not, you know, I mean, it's bringing down their cognitive abilities to that same level. That's fascinating. Another study I thought was interesting is was out of the University of California, and they measured heart rates of patient of sorry of their participants while they were multitasking and they found that the people who were constantly sort of connected to their email and checking their phone and going back and forth um, actually experienced significantly higher heart rates which makes us think that they're probably releasing more cortisol which is a high stress state so it's also having some physical effects as well which i thought was um, important to remember and another study out of the University of Chicago showed that multitasking requires a lot of temporary brain storage, so which is also called like working memory. And if we have too much of that being used, then we diminish our capacity to be creative. And so mm -hmm. it showed that it actually multitasking actually reduces our creativity, which I thought would be an interesting thing to talk to your kids about. Well, and we know smartphones do that as well, right? So we know smartphones are the ultimate multitask because there's all these notifications and different apps and all of that. We know that those reduce creativity as well. 
I want to keep going, but let me just, before I forget. Sure. I remember a study that I read. It really stuck in my head. I don't have it right in front of me. Uh, you might remember it was on how, I think it was college kids and they measured how long it took after you've been distracted with like, maybe you're, maybe it wasn't college. It was a work environment now that I remember it. And when you get distracted by an email or a notification or something that is not on task for the project that you're working on, that it takes 20 minutes to get back on track after yes. that one interruption. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. I don't know exactly the study, but that's been shown numerous times. And so that's why there's this whole idea about it taking 50% longer. Because every time you move away from whatever you're focusing on, it takes a significant amount of time to pull your brain back in. More time than you think. Right. Which leads me to another study. I don't have it here in front of me, but about multitasking and people that frequently multitask actually do worse when they're asked to focus on more than one thing at a time Hmm. than people who don't routinely multitask. So multitasking is actually decreasing your ability to multitask. That is fascinating. Because sometimes you do have to do things at once, right? Like sometimes you do have to, as an adult, like drive and talk to your kids, right? At the same time. (laughs) And so, um, or mine anyway, because they like to talk a lot in the car. But, you know, I think it's important to, that's an important data because it's, like you would think the more you did it, the better you would be at it. But actually the science shows the opposite. Well, okay. So what about listening to this podcast and driving at the same time? Is that okay? (laughs) (laughs) I'll endorse it. I'll endorse it. Okay. Okay. I mean, that's not really multitasking. (laughs) Right. Right. Let's talk for a minute about the West Point experiment that's been quoted a number of times. Yeah. And so everyone knows what West Point is, right? And um, so these kids are really, you know, high achievers that, that go, I guess they're adults, not kids. But here's what they did at West Point. So they, it was an economics course, and they randomly banned computers in class from some sections of the course. So one third of the sections could use laptops or tablets to take notes, which is commonplace now in most schools. And then one third could use tablets, but only to look at class material. So everything else they weren't allowed to look at. And then a third were not allowed to use any technology at all. So a third had none, a third had, you know, whatever um, laptops or tablets. And then a third had a device, but they had to only look at class related material. So then they looked at how the kids did in the class and they compared the performance between the three groups. So the students that were allowed to use laptops um, and 80% of the students that were allowed to use laptops did scored worse on the final exam. Hmm. And what was interesting from that study is that the smartest kids, so the kids with the highest ACT score, highest GPA actually were harmed the most. Okay. So those kids actually um, had the biggest decline in their grades And then the kids that were not allowed to use anything at all performed the best, right? So I think that's pretty interesting if you think about it. Now, I don't know how your kids' school are, our listeners' kids' schools, but most schools now do have, you're allowed to use a laptop. A lot of them you have to. Yeah, or a lot of them you have to. So I think it's important to talk to your kid about, about that, about maybe shut your laptop during class and try to take notes with your hand. You know, studies have shown time and time again that you actually retain information better when you write it as opposed to typing your notes. And so um, there's something about the movements of your hand when you're writing the letters and the way that you're placing the words on the page that actually help you to learn the information better. Um, Another tip is I know a lot of schools only have online textbooks. And so it's, I think another tip is to talk to your kid's school, ask them if they'll buy a paper textbook. If they won't, you can buy one yourself um, online. So most textbooks you can find on the internet. I just, let me just say about that. We have a personal story about that real quick with one of the kids. And I think they were in ninth grade and not, not doing so great one quarter. And they were trying to study for the 
exam and everything. And I kept saying, well, where's the textbook? And he's like, oh, we don't have one. <laughs> I'm like, well, no wonder you can't study. You know, rule number one, when you're studying, you've got to have the textbook. And he said, we're supposed to read all the stuff on the computer. And it was some kind of history stuff. And I'm like, oh, no. So my, my husband actually ended up finding a textbook that was the, the textbook. But like, you know, the shocking thing, and most parents don't understand that, you know, there are no textbooks anymore. Or many schools don't have them. But for most children and uh, and adults, I'm not just saying that this is just for kids. You have to read things on on paper, and and that's how you learn. Your brain learns not by skimming on the computer. It learns by just focusing on the paper. The paper is not the the paper book is not distracting. The computer is distracting. Just right. the light strobing from the computer is very distracting to a young brain. So the multitasking effect is happening when your child is just doing their homework on a computer, even if they're not getting notifications or not right. shopping on Amazon, you know, like most of them are doing it. It's just the fact of the way it's delivered is very difficult and it's creating this multitasking effect on their brain. Right. So, and so, you know, for my, for personally, for my high schooler, if she does have a class that has a computer that's electronic, I mean, a, sorry, a textbook that's electronic, we'll go to Amazon. They allow you to rent books on there if you don't um, want to purchase the book. Huh. So you can rent a lot of textbooks on there. I didn't know so you that. keep them for the semester, you keep them for the year, and then you return them. And the wow. cost is a lot lower. You're kidding um, me. I had no idea. So, like, yeah. they send you the book. And then yeah, you send it back. They send you the book, you rent it for a time period, and then you can extend your rental if you want to. And so most schools use textbooks that you'd be able to, that are popular textbooks, right? And so you'd be right. able to find them on there. And there's other websites that do textbook rentals as well. Yeah. And so we get the paper textbook and she, she actually prefers that because she notices that she learns a lot better. Now, you know, sometimes it makes sense to buy it because then you can write in it and highlight and do things like that. And, you know, I think encourage your school districts, encourage your um, kids' teachers to use yeah. paper and not have everything on the computer. Reduces the need for multitasking, of course. Now, there's lots of great things online textbooks can do. Like, I was teaching a biology course this summer, and so we used some of the online like little um, schematics and videos and stuff that are great. But I think having the paper textbook is really important. And it's really the key for a young brain. And I mean, young all the way through high school, still young. I mean, that's what I'm, it makes it, it makes their learning experience so much faster when they're not multitasking. And so as a parent, our job is to set that structure as much as we can to give them the best experience that they can you know, with the least amount of obstacles for this learning environment. It's super important. Are there any other studies that you, let's see, do we have any other studies we wanted to talk well, about? Well, I just wanted to talk real briefly about some of the research they do at Stanford. And so they found that, of course, like we've already said, multitasking is less productive than doing a single thing at a time. So that's important to talk to your kids about and, you know, to remember as adults the researchers there found that people who are constantly bombarded with lots of different streams or types of electronic information just can't pay attention. They also can't recall the information. They can't switch from one thing to another as well as the people who just do one thing at a time. Also, they found that the more you multitask, the less you're able to learn, the less you're able to concentrate, the less you're able to actually be nice to other people because it increases your irritability. Wow. So those scattered habits actually have been shown to change the pathways in our brain. And we talk a lot about the brain pathways in the Screen Strong online course. So I'd encourage those of you that haven't done that to go to the Screen Strong family's website, take a look at that course. And then, of course, the consequence, according to their research there at Stanford, like we've talked about, is that being able to sustain your attention becomes impossible. And so that's how people end up in my office is because they say, Dr. Stacey, I think I have ADHD. You know, ADHD is a neurodevelopmental disorder that you're born with. And so people don't all of a sudden develop ADHD. It's the result a lot of times of this multitasking, which we're seeing more and more and more of. And so... The popular belief or what we've 
come to here is that multitasking helps you be more successful. But actually what science is showing is that it's the opposite. And that we really need to teach our kids how to focus. And by focusing on things that make them, that that will make them more productive, make them more successful and ultimately make them better learners and happier people. That's right. It's all kind of ties together. So how do you fix it? And um, as we wrap up, let's, let's review these tips again, because I just want everybody listening. I mean, they're just, you know, trying to take all this in. This is a lot of information that we covered today on this. So the, the way we fix it basically are just through some of the tips that you already talked about. Um, we know that focus is very difficult. It's even hard for us. It's so hard for us to just focus on a task and get it done. So it's really hard for our kids to do this. It's something that has to be practiced and it has to be practiced over and over. And we have found in our screen strong lifestyle life that we're living right now, that when a child is learning how to do something new for the first time, it's so much better if you can do that with them and as a team and let them know you've got their back and that they're not alone. And that you can, you're going to help them figure out how to study for this test and, even if you're just sitting reading your own book, you're going to be present with them. That That's a huge part of it because like I said, you know, focusing on homework is very lonely and it's really a bummer because it's not that fun at first. But then the course benefits that you get is they start really liking their homework because the more successful you get, then the more successful you get and it just kind of feeds on itself. But what are some other very practical tips to make this focus-friendly environment. I love that you said that. I love that term. Yeah, so I like to talk to families about creating a focus-friendly environment, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and when we do our sort of Sunday meeting at home where we talk about the week and what that's going to look like with our kids, we remind them of these tips about making a focus-friendly environment. So first, I think that kids should do homework right after school. And a lot of parents feel like that's hard because they've been sitting in the classroom all day. But I think that that helps with to reduce multitasking because they're they're in that learning brain from school already. So let's sit down and knock that out right away if we can. Of course, a good snack or a run around the block first, I think is good just to, just to get their blood pumping, no phones or tablets in the room. So don't even put them in the room because just having them there creates distraction. I think it's important for kids to do their work in the view of parents or adults. And so that way they can, we as adults, or if it's a babysitter or someone after school can make sure that they're staying on task and not getting on their phone or, or whatever. And also you're there if they need help. Yeah. And let me just say, I want you to keep I want to keep going, but let me just say one thing real quick with that. If you're the parent saying, well, I can't hold their hand forever. Then Dr. Stacy, one day they're just going to have to learn to do it on their own. I, I, I'm just going to tell you that they can't do it right now. That you just got to help them right now. And I don't yeah. know what you would say to that. Well, and I don't help my high schooler very, very often. You know, I mean, a lot of the stuff she's learning is, you know. Right. Really oh, I don't ever help my kids with the homework. Read, you know, I don't help them, but. I think it's important, especially for younger kids, but I think it's good to have them do that in the view of you so that you can kind of check in on them and make sure that they're not getting distracted. That's what I mean. It's the accountability. It's the Mm -hmm. parents providing the structure, not doing and helping really necessarily for the actual homework. I mean, it's, it's the just being the coach and providing the structure to do that. It's super important. So don't think that, well, you just have to let them, figure it out on their own. That's a really bad idea. Anyway, go ahead. Okay. What's your next tip? And then um, let's just a second about music. So I, I have a kid that likes to listen to music when she works and kid that doesn't. And so I think it's important that if they like to listen to music, let's make sure it's classical music. There's actually been some studies that have shown that Mozart's music is actually the best for studying, but classical music or music that has words that are not in a language you understand. Mm -hmm. And so making sure that it's music that um, is going to help them study is okay. The preference would be a speaker and not an earbud because having that music sort of um, not directly into their ear is, is better for them. So that's better if it's background. And by the way, there's a Spotify channel that says reading music and it's music that is like that. You don't recognize the tune, but it's just a nice background thing that kind of drowns out all the other maybe distracting noises in the background. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but it's called uh, music for reading or something. So some kids like that, but um, no, no popular music or no music with lyrics. And then use a paper textbook if possible. So if they're using an online textbook, look into getting, you can ask the teacher what it is. You can get the ISBN number, look at renting one or buying one to have at home. Okay, so some projects require technology use, right? So some homework things like they have to make a PowerPoint presentation or they have to do some research. So my mm-hmm. suggestion is um, do a, a written outline of that first. And so have the kid write down on paper what they want to do on each slide or how they want to do that before going to the technology. And that helps to chunk time a little bit. So you're doing all your pre-work and then you're getting on there just to enter the information and kind of do the design that they have to do. If it's something where they have to go to Google to search for information, then make a list of kind of an idea of websites. Like if it's an animal, okay, let's go to the San Diego Zoo website or let's go to Um, Encyclopedia Britannica or whatever the websites are. Um, And if they need a little help making that list, you could help them come up with some ideas. And so then when they get on the computer and they turn it on, they know I'm going to go to this website first, then this one, then this one, and I'll print out my information. So I always suggest that kids print out stuff and then highlight it or write on the paper and don't copy and paste. Yes. And by the way, we have, we got a really nice printer a few years ago. Best thing we ever did. I know we spent a little more in ink. It, that is the best tip. You yeah. print it out and then they look at it in front and they get their homework done so fast and all the stuff they have to do your this works so well. I'm so glad you said Or you that. can encourage them instead of going to the internet, like why don't we go to the library if you have time, especially if it's a bigger project they're working on. You know, yeah. like flashback to the eighties, like when I had to do a paper, <laughs> you know, in fifth grade and you went to the library and found all the books that you could find on that subject and then brought those home and made note cards. So sometimes, you know, it seems a little archaic, but it's actually better for learning. And then my last tip is that parents, as parents, we should work as hard as we can to model this behavior. So let's not be on our phones, on our computers while the TV's on and doing a whole lot of things at once, um, because that is modeling to them that multitasking is good. And we actually know that it's it's not. So the more we can model that behavior to them, the more successful they'll be at trying to do less things at once. And and one thing about that, I love that. Thank you. That's that list is awesome. Um, the modeling that one thing that really helps parents that I have shared is to chunk your own social media time. And what that means is you just don't do social media all day long and in the nooks and crannies of all the stuff during the day that you do and check things uh, a certain chunk of time in the morning. And then after the kids go to bed and that's it. And that way you are going to feel so much better. You're not going to be multitasking because I think multitasking really affects adults too, as they are constantly connected to all the, the taser, I call it, I just call it a taser because your phone is constantly buzzing in your pocket or wherever. And it's pulling you away from the tasks that you're supposed to be doing. And you're just not enjoying life as much as you should be. So chunk your own time, learn how to do that. I remember in the old days when we mostly had email, that was the big tip out there that everybody said to do. Don't just sit at your computer and wait for your emails to come in all day. Look at it in the morning, look at it in the evening, and that's it. Like, don't right. be a slave to it. My final tip, not that anybody is really asking me, right <laughs> now, I just have a final tip. And this is, I think about this all the time because of all of the parents I talk to day in and day out. My final tip is do not argue with your kids about this. They will buck and they will stomp and they will give you all the what ifs and the she does and he does and he's allowed and you're mean and da 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 da. Do not get on that roller coaster with them. This issue of multitasking is very serious. This could be the reason why your child is in therapy right now and you don't even know it. It could be the reason why they're going to get two grades lower in math this year and you don't know. And we're trying to help you prevent that. But whatever you do, please do not argue with your kids. You smile and say, I know that's how you feel. Thank you for sharing, but this is how we're going to do it. And you just say it over and over and over. 
And if you need to listen to this podcast again at this point in time on this minute, whatever, then do it. Put it on repeat and hear me say over and over, do not argue with your kids. The parents in the last few weeks that I've been talking with, I've had to tell them this over and over because they keep, and, and Dr. Stacy, I know that you know what I'm talking about because you sit in your office and, and they try to argue with you, I'm sure, right? So it's, yes. it's so hard. So how can we wrap up right now? But I want you to give parents some kind of encouragement around this. They are beat down. They, they are thinking, Melanie, you are crazy. <laughs> I am trying <laughs> to have my full-time job. I come home. I'm trying to get dinner. Now you want me to sit down and, 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 you know, co-view screens and make sure my kids are not multitasking. I'm exhausted. And then, and then the final thing is they're arguing with me, telling me I'm a terrible person. So how can you encourage that parent? Well, I think it's important to, um, like, for example, I said on the tips, let's do homework right after school. Okay. So for some families that doesn't work, like mom and dad aren't home or they've got after school activities or whatever. So course we can't do everything 100% 100% of the time right and so we're just going to try our best so for us sometimes what works is when I'm cooking dinner that's when the kids will sit in the kitchen right and do their homework that way we're all in the room together I can make sure that the computers are closed yes there I'm there to answer questions as I'm cooking the spaghetti or whatever it is and so you know I think that that is important to make these guidelines fit with your family sure right sure and I always say to do that screen homework first. Maybe mm-hmm. they have to read a little more later and stuff, but to get that screen homework. But if your kids are just like arguing with you about this, how do you get over that hurdle? Well, I've talked to my kids about the data. So I've said to them, you know, you're going to get 50% less done, which means you're going to spend more time sitting in your room or sitting in the kitchen or sitting wherever doing your homework instead of out playing baseball with your friends or riding your bike or whatever it is. You're going to make more errors. And so I know it's important to you to make good grades. And so let's do everything we can to prevent careless errors, right? Also, you're stressing yourself out. And, you know, I tell them, the studies show you're going to be more stressed, more worried, less happy if you try to do too many things at once. And we, you know, I mean, it's our tendency, I think, to try to do a lot of things at once. But I think it's important to remind them. Yeah, that's really helpful to just share that science with them. And we keep getting requests for more information and educational stuff for kids. And I'm I know you've agreed to do that. So we're going to be working on that audience, by the way. We're going to be working on more stuff for you to share with your kids. It really does diffuse um, a lot of the stress around this once they can start to understand the science and you have the words and the way to explain it to them. Another tip basically with that, I just remembered that we do a lot is when your kids are arguing with you, sometimes it, it's just okay not to say anything. Back. Agreed. And you know, Melanie, I think it's important that parents think about their home environment as far as traditions, right? So we have traditions a lot of times when it comes to holidays or like in my home every Friday, we had pizza for dinner because my mom had six kids and she was like, I'm not cooking on Friday nights. You know, whatever it is, you have these traditions. Maybe you go to church on Sundays or maybe you go for a drive on Sunday afternoons or whatever it is. But I think it's important to make it a tradition in your home that you have a specific way you do things around screens. And once you have your kids do these things enough times, and it doesn't take that many, they know that that's how you do things, right? It's just like with my boys, they have to take the trash down every Monday. And so they now know because they do it every Monday, they hop out of the car and they take it down. You know, and so it's learning patterns and traditions. So I think that if you get your kids started on this, that over time, they're going to see results from it and they're not going to cause you any trouble when it comes to that. Totally agree. It's all about your family culture and making that the most important thing rather than the screen culture. Thank you so much for sharing. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. Did we learn so much or what in this short little time? We, of course, will be hearing a lot more from Dr. Stacy again, thank you for your time today. Of course. I hope everyone enjoyed listening today. Our parent online course is available, as Dr. Stacy said, for you to start your small group, to teach your kids, to just sit down with your spouse and figure out what's going on with all this screen stuff. And actually, finally, kind of once and for all, have the facts 
and not just re, not just rely on all the opinions that are out there because there are so many parenting opinions out there about this topic. This course is designed to just give you the facts so you can make really, really good decisions and not be changing your mind all the time about what you're doing. And it's really good right now, just in the beginning of the year to get your group started at school in your grade, perhaps, or just your, your kids' friends to get that going. I know Dr. Stacy has been doing some um, presentations, you know, there for her families, and I've been doing them here as well. Get support from like-minded families. This is how you do it. Right now, you go to the Facebook group, the Screen Strong Families, but we are going to be migrating, um, not off of Facebook by any stretch, but we will be having some additional resources and forums for you if you are not a Facebook person. Your homework today, what is it? No phones during homework <laughs> and um, help your kids learn to focus. Talk about this Focus 15. Talk about doing homework with no distractions. I know it's going to be really hard for some of you to eliminate this music element. And that's probably the thing I'm going to get the most questions about this podcast because so many kids um, actually are sort of dependent on their music and they say, I can't study unless I have music going on. And now you know that that is a myth that's not true and they can study and do a lot better. And I would highly suggest that you do a little experiment with them. You take one day where you do it your way and see how long it takes them to do their homework. And then you can do it their way and see that their way, you know, you've been doing it already for so long that it takes way too long. Make a list of five friends today that would enjoy this podcast. And please not just, not just share the link, but just call them and give them your personal testimony and say, you know, this has really helped me or whatever you can say about it to get them on board. The more people that hear the message, the easier this will be for everybody. And this podcast is a perfect way to create that tribe that your kid, your kids need as well. Start planning these get together uh, activities at the beginning of the school year. Now, the other thing that you can do for your homework, now I don't know if even Dr. Stacy, if whatever you think about this real quick, but uh, <laughs> but my kids like to have homework parties sometime and we do that when they're working on a project or when they really are trying to work on new concepts in math or whatever. And so you might think about that. That is a, it's hard to stay focused in some ways, but in other ways, it's much easier when you have friends over talking about it. When they were younger and we did this, I was always around to make sure they stayed on task. Remember, we have your back and we are here to help you figure it all out. So until next time, stand up for your kids. Remember to ditch the smartphone, especially during homework. Stand out from the crowd and stay strong. Stay strong.